folks, Carrie Lake, as we all know, is still challenging the results of last year's Arizona gubernatorial election in court. And this past Thursday, you had Maricopa County Superior Court Judge John Hanna in a court hearing, Carrie Lake again, trying to overturn the election results, just immediately dismissed the first three witnesses that Carrie Lake's legal team tried to call because as the judge said, they were unqualified. Like, why are you bringing these people into my courtroom? This is embarrassing. They have no evidence. They have no expertise. These are not people who anybody should be listening to. Of course, the judge didn't actually say it that way. Here's what happened. At Thursday's hearing in Arizona, Lake's attorney, Brian Blem, sought to have the state release ballot envelopes signed by approximately 1.3 million voters. But the hearing got off to a rocky start when the judge deemed two of Lake's witnesses, forensic document analyst Eric Speckin and software consultant Chris Hensel, irrelevant. The judge then took aim at witness Shelby Bush, who participated in a voting audit conducted by the Cyber Ninjas firm. On this one, I'm inclined to go a step further because she's so obviously a medical office manager. I mean, she's so obviously unqualified that I kind of find a need to make a finding about that as well as that her testimony is irrelevant. I mean, she's not even in the ballpark, the judge said. Like, that was the actual quote from the judge. (laughs) That's a little bit worse than even what I had said in kind of paraphrasing him. But this judge is basically like, why are you bringing these wackos into my courtroom? And maybe they're not wackos, but like, why are you bringing these irrelevant people into my courtroom. Like you just going down on the street corner and getting any passerby and being like, hi, you're a witness now. There you go. Take the stand. Tell everybody I won. Damn it. <laughs> Cause apparently that's kind of what the judge thinks is happening here. But Carrie Lake obviously is not one to be <sighs> have her spirits crushed by the courts. And immediately after this humiliating <laughs> defeat in court on Thursday reports immediately started swirling that Carrie Lake is preparing to launch her Senate campaign for Arizona. So even as she continues to challenge the gubernatorial race in court, even as she continues to get humiliated every time they go to court, she's still in the background over here. Like, okay, well, I'm going to run for Senate now, which By the way, if you're running for Senate, isn't that kind of like a uh, concession that you definitely lost that gubernatorial race? You do realize, dumbass, that this is going to be used against you in court. They're going to be like, why are you running for Senate if you won? If you actually thought you won, you wouldn't be running for Senate. So go ahead and make your idiotic little announcement, Carrie, because it's going to come back and probably be the final legal nail in the coffin for all of these lawsuits that you have filed. And of course, with her announcement that she is going to run for Senate, which at this point could be any day now, Republicans in Arizona are freaking out. They don't want her there. They believe that she has, of course, tarnished her reputation to the point where she cannot win a statewide national election. But Carrie Lake keeps pointing to polls that show, hey, we're competitive in this race. We're neck and neck with Gallego only when Kirsten Cinema, of course, is added into the mix. If Cinema doesn't run, Gallego's got this thing on lockdown if Carrie Lake is his opponents. That's what the polls show. But Carrie Lake, as I said, keeps pointing to those polls. And it's important to point out that those polls are from April and May. And she's suffered a lot of humiliation since then. 
So I'm willing to bet those polls aren't as kind to her as they had been, right? But she keeps promoting them, saying that she has a chance. She believes she has a chance. Republican strategists in Arizona do not believe she has a chance, but it is what it is. And of course, that brings us back to the election challenge lawsuits, because the only reason these lawsuits exist is to keep her stupid name in the headlines so that voters even remember who she is when she runs for Senate. If she had just conceded her gubernatorial loss last November, she'd have disappeared. She would have been just another in a long list of failed Republican candidates. You know, political also-rans, as we call them. Everybody would have forgotten about her. She wouldn't have had the standing in the Republican Party to run for Senate in the first place. So she files these election challenges. Obviously we've all been, you know, not just me, the whole media apparatus, conservative and liberal have been talking about her for the past year because of her idiotic election challenges. And maybe we fed into that. Maybe we shouldn't have done that, but you know, she's making false claims. We got to debunk them, but that's the reason she did it. It was to stay relevant, to keep her name out there, to get invited to all these speaking events at these Republican conferences, because if she had just conceded that race, she would have disappeared into obscurity and none of us would have to be talking about her today. And that is the thing that she fears the most. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan this past week got slapped around a little bit by Eric Swalwell during Jordan's own hearing where they were supposed to be grilling Attorney General Merrick Garland about the alleged politicization of the Justice Department. But instead it was Jim Jordan who was reminded about all of the privilege that he has been the recipient of as a Republican member of Congress. Here's what happened. First, you had Republican Congressman Thomas Massey and Massey was just trying to go after Merrick Garland, asking about the Hunter Biden investigation. Tell us what you know, what is going on? Tell us all of this. And Garland calmly was like, well, I, I actually can't because that's an ongoing justice department investigation. And I actually, uh, it's not allowed for me to tell all the facts of that. And that pissed Massey off. So Massey says, quote, Aren't you in fact in contempt of Congress when you give us this answer? This is an answer that's appropriate at a press conference. Well, that kind of set Eric Swalwell off. So then when it was time for Eric Swalwell to do his questioning of Merrick Garland, he decided to flip the script on Thomas Massey by calling out Jim Jordan, who should have been held in contempt of Congress. Here's what Swalwell said. My colleague just said you should be held in contempt of Congress. And that is quite rich because the guy who's leading the hearing room right now, Mr. Jordan, is about 500 days into evading his subpoena. So if we're going to talk about contempt of Congress, let's get real. Are you serious that Jim Jordan, a witness to one of the greatest crimes ever committed in America, a crime where more prosecutions have occurred than any crime committed in America, refuses to help his country? And we're going to get lectured about subpoena compliance and contempt of Congress. Here's what Swalwell's referring to on May 12th of the year 2022. Jim Jordan was issued a subpoena by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot and Trump's attempts to overturn the election results. So May 12th, 2022, Jim Jordan receives that subpoena. He continued to not comply with the subpoena. 
They were seeking some of his communications because they know on the day of January 6th, Jim Jordan had been in touch with Donald Trump multiple times. They wanted those records. They wanted to know if Trump was telling Jim Jordan, this is what you have to do in Congress. You have to stall. You have to obstruct yada, yada. They wanted answers to whether or not that's what was happening. And the committee never got compliance from Jim Jordan. You know, Peter Navarro was actually just convicted of not complying with a subpoena for the same type of thing with the January 6th select committee. Um, but anyway, so obviously at the end of the year, the committee has to disband because that Congress was disbanding and Republicans were taking over. So the committee issued their final report and was like, Hey, by the way, Jim Jordan never complied. And today, today is actually the 500th day since that subpoena was issued to Jim Jordan and he never complied. Obviously at this point he can't comply because the committee no longer exists, but 500 days and Jim Jordan did not comply with that subpoena and he was never punished for not complying with that subpoena either. So Jim Jordan can rewind and cry about the politicization of the DOJ all he wants. But the fact is the DOJ could have and should have hit him with criminal charges, just like Peter Navarro. I mean, hell at this point, based on Navarro's uh, trial schedule, Jim Jordan could have already been convicted at this point, but that never happened. So perhaps maybe at the next house hearing where Merrick Garland is present, maybe the Democrats ought to ask him like, Hey, why didn't you charge Jim Jordan? I think that would be a fun little question. I think Swalwell should have added that instead of just bringing it up. You should have asked Merrick Garland like, Hey, listen, you're, you're AG. Why didn't you do this? So, you know, maybe just keep reminding the public that if anybody's getting any special privileges from the department of justice, it is in fact the Republicans who are getting that privilege. There's a new report out of a Florida newspaper, uh, the Daytona Beach News Journal, that alleges that a Republican state senator here in Florida, man by the name of Tom Wright, Republican state senator Tom Wright, has allegedly been banned from a women's shelter for domestic violence victims because of what the person who ran the shelter described as flirty and quote, possibly grooming behavior by this Republican state Senator. Let me read you this. This is Daytona beach news journal as reported by raw story, because the Daytona beach news journal has a paywall. Uh, but anyway, the Daytona beach news journal reports that former beacon center CEO, Angie pie alleged that she quote, put a stop to right coming on the property because of his flirty or grooming type of behavior. Pie told the news journal, he got really angry. According to the news journal, that propensity for anger was on full display on September 2nd, when Wright got into a videotaped confrontation with the shelter's interim CEO and was given a trespass warning from Daytona beach police, barring him from the beacon center. Pi, who resigned as CEO on August 31st and others say Wright has made allegations about trafficking, prostitution, and drug go drug use going on at the center. The publication adds that during a, a state Senate committee hearing, Wright accused Pi's husband of having a conflict of interest regarding the shelter 
All of those claims were false. They said, so you've got a Republican state Senator who says, I think bad things are happening at this women's shelter. And this woman who's running it, her husband, he's got some conflicts of interest, whatever that means. Um, and, and as far as I've seen, they've produced no evidence of any conflicts of interest, but she did resign. Uh, you know, so we don't know what that's about possibly due to the fact that, you know, there's too much publicity coming onto this battered women's shelter because of what this lawmaker is accusing. And she just wanted to step away and let somebody else handle it so that her presence was no longer, you know, an issue that that's what I'm assuming. I don't know that for certain. Uh, but that kind of seems likely if that's what is happening. But this, like, like I said, the police told him, like, you're not allowed to come here anymore. And the CEO says he was engaging in flirty and grooming like behavior to battered women because he totally thinks like, Hey, there's, there's some weird, there may be some prostitution. If you honest to God think that this women's shelter is somehow a front for prostitution. Why are you walking in there being flirty with the women? I mean, that's not what you do. If you're actually legitimately investigating it, that's what you do. If you're trying to get a feel for whether or not this is going to go your way. I mean, that's creepy as hell. Making these allegations against this center to begin with is creepy as hell. Now, again, uh, he, he denies obviously that he engaged in this kind of behavior. And of course there is the videotape of him getting angry when being told that he is trespassing at this point. But so far, none of the allegations against this center, uh, have been proven to be true. So we'll wait and see, you know, if it turns out that maybe this guy was right and he did uncover a big, you know, trafficking ring or, you know, drug traffic, whatever it is, if he uncovered it, great, wonderful, good. I'll, I'll, I'll do a video praising you at that point. But what this interim CEO said about this guy is pretty serious as well. And if that is, of course, the kind of behavior that he engaged in, then this is the kind of person that maybe the Republican party of Florida that claims to be taking on the groomers, maybe you ought to look at this guy a little bit more closely and see if these allegations are in fact true. Maybe bring some of the women from the shelter to Congress to testify. Maybe send a delegation down there. If these women don't want to go in public and find out what the hell is happening. Are they in further danger of being trafficked by this group? Or is this just retaliation from a Republican congressman who's now mad that he's not allowed to go in there and flirt with women? The people at that shelter would know the truth. There's security camera footage that would probably reveal the truth as well. So maybe the Republicans in Florida, if y'all really want to get serious about these issues you claim to care about so much, maybe head on down there and get yourself some answers because either way you're going to root out a scumbag. We're just trying to wait and see which one the scumbag is. Thanks for listening to today's fair and balanced daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fair and balanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fair and balanced. <laughs>